0: Welcome to Shruti Out Loud, a podcast where I invite guests from different walks of life to share their stories of following their passion, success and happiness, which in turn motivates our listeners to follow their heart. Hi, and welcome back to Shruti Outlaw Podcast. So, um, guys, first of all, a very, very, very happy new year. I really hope that 2022 was wonderful to you. And I also hope that uh, the this year, 2023, is going to give you um, a lot of happiness, a lot of joy, a lot of success, and anything that keeps you going on. And well, that is the motive of this podcast also, that we keep bringing you guests who bring in... Um, something from their life, maybe a story, maybe some motivation, maybe some something that you need to know to keep going on in your life in a productive way, in a healthy way. And yeah, that's all uh, Shruti Out Loud podcast is about. So talking about today's guest, um, well, today's guest is somebody who uh, is going to talk about a topic that we have never really discussed on this podcast before. Like, yes, we have uh, we have had different people from different, um, I would say, um, different niches, but this is something that we have never talked about. So I'm quite excited about this episode. So, um, well, um, here in this episode, we will be delving into the world of male reproductive health with the help of leading andrologist and expert and expert Dr. Gotham. So we will be talking about topics related to the male reproductive system, including common health concerns. Um, treatments and strategies for maintaining good reproductive health. So whether you are a man looking to better understand your own reproductive health or simply interested in learning more about this important field, then this episode is for you, then this podcast is for you. So let's bring Mr. uh, Dr. Gautam Banga on board and start the conversation with him. Hello, Dr. Banga.
1: Hi, Shruti, How are you doing? I'm b- doing
0: really well. Thank you.
1: So how is the new year going on for you?
0: Uh, the first week has been quite wonderful, I would say. Uh, I have been productive and yeah, looks like it, you know, I'm going to keep going on with that for the rest of the year. So that is what I'm looking forward to.
1: Yeah, how about busy. you? Yeah, the year is good, except for the winter. It's quite chilly. Oh, yes. But still, we are going ahead with the work. The work keeps Absolutely.
0: Going absolutely that keeps going on and i totally agree with you on the winter part that that here uh right now in delhi it's so chilling like every day when you wake up uh it's a it's a task <laughs> it's a task to get out of the bed and be like okay you know what you have to keep going on you have to work so i think everybody's just pushing themselves to keep going on
1: yeah just wait for the good time to good weather to come in but it's, it's winter okay. is also in you can enjoy the winters also
0: yeah, that is true. And also, I think it's more or less about just uh, two, three weeks more. And then we are back to the changing season. And then again, we'll be talking about summers and it's it's an ongoing cycle, really.
1: So we can now start with a discussion about the endology issues and uh, what... Absolutely.
0: Okay. Absolutely. So, first of all, Dr. Manga, I would really like to thank you for coming on board and picking up this topic because I think. Um, Nobody on my podcast has uh, ever talked about it so far. So I'm really looking forward to ask you some important questions, which I think um, everybody, not just, I won't just be talking about men, but even women, even they need to understand because, you know, um, our world is made up of men and women. So why to just, you know, um, hit like one segment of the audience, because, you know, we are all uh, in the end, you know, uh, we are all evolving together. We are all living together.
1: Yeah, so andrology uh, since i'm an andrologist so i'll give you a brief idea about the andrology so uh, a few years back everybody was talking about uh, women health how they can have a, a good uh, sexual life good healthy reproductive life and all about how m- women can improve their looks or their uh, the way they live but uh, somehow we feel that the men's are left behind uh, and so, andrology is all about uh, bringing awareness about those things and to actually treat men uh, the, uh, whether they are facing any issues with their sexual health or whether they have any issue with their reproductive health or male infertility. So, andrology is a subspecialty of uh, urology and it, it has come up as a individual speciality now. And it deals with the men's health, health the aspect which, are, which consists of uh, erectile issues, uh, ejaculatory issues, or if they are facing any other problem with their sexual uh, abilities, and the other aspect, where, other part of andrology is male infertility. So, if somebody is facing subfertility or some issue in having a child, then the andrologist is the right person to be approached, and uh, uh, they can consult andrologists. They can talk to the andrologist about their problem, and we are always there to help them out.
0: Absolutely, Dr. Banga. So here I would like to ask you one question. Um, is there any stigma related to this? Um, as in, do people talk about it often? Because honestly, like I have a lot of um, males in my life, uh, friends, family, brothers, uh, a lot of people who are quite close. And, you know, we, we do talk about these things. But somehow, from what I can really think about is nobody has ever, talked about these things like you know they never really discuss or so is there a stigma around it or what is your take on it
1: oh my my we are living in the men's world till now we are still in the men's world and a man is a man the man should not discuss his problems okay because uh, the ego is associated with that the maleness is associated with that that men cannot have any problem and they should not discuss it in the public or with even with their parents or friends or family. But uh, uh, yeah, things are changing. We uh, in Western countries, uh, people are more open to discuss their problem. Just they want somebody to share the things, but India, nobody wants to talk about it. But I feel the COVID has changed the situation a lot, a lot. You know, previously, like uh, most of the people, young male, even 30, 35, were so busy with their job, money, success, fame. So they 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 put they placed everything on backseat, the whole health issue. They used to put everything on the back seat, and they always want to be in the driving seat, rushing from one place to another, working late hours. But then COVID came, and then people started realizing, no, life is much more beyond this job and everything. And then they realized that their health in all aspects, not just the reproductive health or the sexual health, all aspects of health are equally important, and that should be taken care of. So the indian society is gradually changing after those two years of pandemic when we all were most of the time indoor we were with our family we realized that a healthy life is much more important than a wealthy life so people started discussing they started searching things on net they started searching for people with whom you can discuss their problem and they also realized that they have to be active on sexual front also they have to give uh, they have to be active with their partners. And so they so they started coming out with all queries, they read us online, offline, and yes, Andrology started getting good number of patients post COVID. So people are uh, still still a taboo in two-tier, three-tier cities, but big metros, big cities are opening up. People are willing to discuss.
0: Yeah, like you know, I can uh, definitely tell you this that um, uh, as women we do talk about everything like you know amongst friends or sisters or even with our mothers we we tend to talk about these things but men they usually don't even talk amongst themselves forget about you know talking to us (laughs) they don't even talk amongst themselves so I have like uh, some people that I am close to in my life so whenever I try to even you know bring something up and they react like, you know, no, we are not talking about it. And I usually just, you know, try and tell them that, you know, there is no big deal. Like, we can talk about it. But no, they just don't. But I, as you said that, hopefully things are changing. Hopefully we will come to a point where, you know, talking about anything uh, and everything is easy for everybody, not just women, but even for men. Uh, that is, uh, I think that would be a healthy world that we would be living in then.
1: Very right, true, Shruti. So there are various health groups which are coming up. There are, very, uh, there are many WhatsApp groups, Facebook groups. So they are uh, there to, for you to discuss the things. But yes, uh, still a man doesn't want to share their problem with the men uh, until unless that man is a doctor or an endologist. Uh, so most of the patients who come to us, they come alone. They don't bring their family members along uh, for their problems. They just want to keep everything uh, under the cover. They, they don't even uh, take their prescription back home. They just take a snapshot, save it in a, in a secret folder somewhere. And uh, so I think um, um, men still have this uh, thing that men cannot uh, have any issues in their life. And if they have any issues, then they go, go into some kind of depression or they, they lose their confidence. So I just want to tell them uh, through this podcast that uh, a man in, is also a human being, it's at par with any, any female. So they can also have all those issues, which a female can have, and they should not feel shy, bad, or depressed. They should open up their uh, queries they should reach to people, not just to enroll you, they should talk with their family member, their friend, their wife, their sister and they can talk about them and I, i'll tell you that will really help them help you a lot you will be much uh, comfortable you will be more happy and more confident once you have shared your problems with others
0: i totally agree with you on that so uh, coming to the next question uh, dr banga could you tell us what are some common conditions that andrologists treat
1: so when, when, we, when we do andrology practice, most of the patients who come to us <clears throat> are of two main categories. One is uh, sexual dysfunction, uh, in which a patient can have uh, decreased desire, libido is on the lower end, or uh, they are not able to perform well in their sexual activity, they are either facing erectile issues or premature ejaculation, uh, they can have uh, situational issues also when they are comfortable with at one place and not at other place. Uh, male in their late forties or late fifties, they will have some deformities of uh, genitals and then they are not able to do sexual activity. That So that is one category of patients who frequently come to us for consultation and uh, examination. And if they require, we provide them uh, treatment. The second category of patient who comes to us are uh, having male infertility or subfertility. So these are the patients who have either uh, low sperm count or the sperm count is not there; it's a zero. It's which is known as azoospermia. And some people have uh, secondary infertility that they have one child and then after a long gap of five ten years, when they try to have another child, they are not able to have the pregnancy so that's the second category and we take care of both the both kind of patients and uh, that's what andrology work is all about
0: yeah. right um dr banga here i would like to again go a little off uh, the list of our questions um so these days um as we know that a lot of people are living a very stressful life and uh, they are going through some medical treatments or um, some medicines which clearly mentioned that you know this is going to affect your libido this is going to affect your um the the the, the I, I don't know how to say it but maybe the the desires so what would you like to say about this part because you know this is becoming a norm so is this something that you being a doctor has to address quite a lot
1: yes yeah, so uh i'll tell around 50 to 60 percent of patients who comes to us with sexual dysfunction especially the decreased desire, libido and erectile issues. Most, like 60% of them are antidepressant or antipsychotic. So I, either they had some stress issues in the past or they're going through some stress problems uh, in the in the present time. But many of them, they just want some miracle drug to take care of them. So they just rush to a psychiatrist and psychologist and says, doctor, I am depressed. I need a treatment. So I think uh, they should learn to de-stress themselves uh, at workplace as well as at home. And uh, the family therapy is the best therapy. No medicine can actually take care of that, take the place of that therapy. So I had my advice to all the young male or the male who are in 30s, 40s, no need to start antidepressant at the drop of a hat. Don't do that. First, try to relax yourselves Every problem has a solution. No problem is permanent in life. So you have to come out of that zone that this problem is going to kill you. No problem can kill anyone. Uh, You can always get over that and you can be the killer. You can kill that problem. So get over that. de stress yourself. Eat good. Live a healthy life. And I'm sure you'll be out of that depression. Don't take medicine. All medicine have some side effects. Um, as a doctor i am saying that but yes in some situation we have to prescribe drugs because patients desperately need that but there are many people who can actually get rid of the medicine and the side effect related to the medicine so depression is the biggest enemy of your sexual activity your sexual health better try to manage that by behavior therapy social therapy family therapy
0: Thank you for uh, answering that question. Uh, Moving on to the next question, Uh, Doctor, what advice do you have for men who are concerned about their reproductive health? I know this sounds quite similar to what you have just addressed, but that was more or less about uh, people when they are stressed out, but this is on a more generic line. So what would you like to advise here? So uh, a
1: young male who is worried about reproductive health, so First and foremost, live a healthy life. How uh, that you have to decide. But my advice is you should have a exercise schedule at least forty-five minutes to an hour a day. It can be in form of jogging, running, cycling, aerobics, whichever Zumba, even Zumba you can do all the Zumbas and all the dance classes also can burn those calories and keep you healthy. So any kind of exercise, no, no one, uh, no single exercise can actually be helpful you can just mean do a mix and match you can combine all the things that will keep you more motivated so one day you can have a cycling other day you can have a zumba class. second is uh, manage your work time don't kill yourself over work no sense in working from eight till 12 midnight uh, you will not be you not have time for the family you will not have the time for the partners so the question of sexual activity doesn't come in so restrictive working hours, I know there, has, there are some days when you have to work for long hours. But some other days, you should take up time. Give yourself a break. Eat healthy. Um, I know nowadays, everybody is just moving towards junk food because that easily you can prepare easily or you can get it through all the online apps. But if you can make a good meal for yourself in a day, do that. That will keep you engaged also. And uh, you can select what you want to eat. Sometimes online apps don't give you much of an option of healthy options, but you should always make a one meal a day. You should prepare yourself in a healthy way and uh, that will keep you running and going. Addiction should be on the minimal. No, I cannot say uh, don't take any because most of the people are motivated with that because they have social gatherings, so they consume alcohol. But there's always a term known as social alcoholism. So if you are doing it once in a week, once in 15 days, consuming a 60 ml or 100 ml of alcohol is fine, but don't overdo that. Don't indulge in addiction, any kind of addiction on a regular basis. Uh, do not smoke. Smoking is it's one thing which can actually affect your erectile profile a lot. So if you are consuming, if you are taking, say, if you are smoking cigarette four or five cigarettes a day, even that can actually damage the things. It can do a lot of damage over a long period of time. So exercise, healthy food, de-stress, give yourself some time to relax, talk to your family, and say no to alcohol, smoking, and any kind of addiction. And don't consume too many drugs uh, as antipsychotic or antidepressant, as I mentioned earlier.
0: Right. And you are so true about these apps that are there out there in the market to sort of, you know, entice you at every meal. But the idea is to keep reminding yourself that, you know, the healthier option is at home. So try and go for that.
1: Yeah, So I'm not against those apps. I know they are very handy. <laughs> and even I use those apps quite frequently. because my yeah. are But as I said, one meal should be at home right. and a good healthy meal
0: right absolutely so th- that's what you know they yeah they are there to entice you but you have to keep reminding yourself that you know you try and maybe you know eat something at home otherwise it's always there and there are a lot of um options who also give the organic and this and that there's uh, everything in the market right now but yes we have to keep that in mind uh dr manga here as you mentioned that you know uh, the smoking part um I would also like to ask you that yes, cigarettes, when we talk about cigarettes, yes, that point has been taken care of. But um, the ongoing issue that we know among the youth is that um, the smoking up part, whether it's uh, weed, marijuana, hash, or whatever you want to call it. So how does that impact Is there, uh, uh, like, have there been studies? Because, you know, honestly, I haven't really heard about it. I haven't heard anything about it. So could you maybe uh, shed some light on this as well?
1: Yeah. So um again, the thing is anything which is uh, addiction going to harm you. Anything in excess affects. Uh, I'm not promoting anything. First of all, I want to make it very clear. I'm not promoting anything. Uh, these recreational drugs are there in the market. But the thing is then these patients doesn't come to us with a proper history that they are taking these recreational drugs. So very difficult for us to analyze the side effect of these drugs on a long-term basis. Smoking is something which everybody comes up and says that, yes, they smoke. And we also try to elicit this history, whether you're smoking, how many cigarettes you're smoking, and for how long you're doing this. But uh, people always try to hide the... Uh, history or the knowledge about the recreation drug because they these are always in the category of addiction so any any addiction is not good for health okay and this recreation drug which can actually lead to addiction should be avoided if you have consumed it once in the past or twice in the past it's fine and again i don't know i'm not propagating i'm not uh, st- telling people to do that but if you've done it one or twice it's fine uh, Stop it. Stop it when you come to know that this is not good for you. My advice and endrologists is do not take any kind of recreation drugs because we really don't know what are the actual long-term side effects of that. And I'm talking about the side effect beyond addiction. If you are addicted to that, you lose things financially, you lose social life, and you get more dependent on that. So you can actually affect your working time, your schedules, and that is one aspect, but we are not very much clear about the long term side effects. Definitely, these drugs, these recreation drugs, have their own side effects. So, better not to get into all that. You are young, you can get addicted to a gym also. That is more healthy. You can get addicted to a healthy lifestyle. That's more uh, motivational and more uh, helpful for you in the future.
0: Absolutely. And as you just said, that, you know, people obviously they don't, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, when People, they come up to you, they will never talk about that. You know, we have been taking this or that. It's much more simpler to just say that, you know, yeah, we smoke. So thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Banga, for addressing this question, because I wasn't really sure that, you know, if this is something that uh, we can talk about, but I'm so glad that you have clearly uh, stated that any kind of, yeah, it's it's better that you just talk. So uh, moving on to the next question, how has the field of andrology evolved in the past few years and what changes do you see uh, on the horizon?
1: So as I said, the andrology got a very good uh, kickstart, not exactly a kick start, but a boost post-COVID people are coming up. And uh, equally, the pharma industry is also gearing up for the, this branch. So they are coming up with new medication which can help uh, in improving the erectile profile. Uh, i tell you very truly, we lack a lot, lot if we consider ourselves uh, in comparison with the Western countries. They, the field is much more evolved and uh, that is because the market is bigger, so the pharma industries are more driven uh, to get, bring new drugs and to introduce new therapies. But uh, Indian uh, population, though the Indians are almost 1.4 billion at the moment, but since it was a social taboo and a social stigma, So gradually the number of patients are increasing and so the pharma companies are coming up with new drugs which are more effective and uh, there are various other therapies which have come up in the in the field. So andrology is evolving, it will take some more time say around three four more years and uh, we will have good uh, ways to treat all these kind of patients. Uh, but still, uh, at the moment, also we we are well sufficient. We are self sufficient. We are well sufficient. Uh, we are well equipped to take care of uh, all these kind of patients, and we have the best of the therapies and best of the treatment available in India. And uh, future is good.
0: Uh, it feels good to hear that <laughs> that yes, we are on the right path, and yes, we are on the path of evolving. So, uh, okay. So, Dr. Banga, here I would like to ask you, what are some common misconceptions about andrology and male reproductive health that you encounter in your practice?
1: Yeah, Shruti. So, again, I'll divide the thing into two parts. One is the male infertility part, and the other is the erectile dysfunction part. So, uh, if we talk about the erectile issues, uh, people always say that... uh, i am perfectly fine that's the first thing they always come up with that i'm not uh, i don't have any problem only my wife feels that i have a problem so they have to come out of that they have to accept first first and foremost they have to accept that they have some issues uh, second thing is uh, they don't want to take medicine they want something permanent okay so i always tell them if you have a diabetes there's nothing permanent there's no permanent treatment for that so if you have diabetes you have to take tablets and then uh, your sugar is under control so you have to manage like it's just just like diabetes the erectile issues are just like diabetes so you have to take care of your diet you have to take care of your exercise and along with that you have to take medicine so uh, they always say doctor give me something which is which will cure it so i always tell them there's no cure for that there's a treatment for that so it's treatable not curable and they have so people have to accept that they, have, they might have to take medicine whenever they want to do any sexual act. They might have to take the medicine for the rest of their life. And uh, till, till the time they want a good sexual uh, life. So for, till that time, they have to take this medicine. So that they have to accept that. And uh, these medicines are very safe. They have already clinically tried. The clinical trials have already been conducted. They are pretty safe. Except for one or two uh, contraindication, it can be given to most of the patients and uh, they are very potent medicine they work one like it's a wonder drug i'll say so don't be afraid i'll also tell patient don't be afraid of uh, these medicine you're not going to get addicted to that these are not recreational drugs these are treatments they are the, the drug for the treatment not recreational drugs so don't take it as a recreational take it as a treatment if you talk about the male infertility again the since it's a social, social stigma so they don't want to go for a even for a simple semen analysis, because they are afraid that if something uh, is found wrong in them, then they are the, they will be considered the culprit. So they don't even go for a proper checkup. So most of the time is the female who has to bear be the brunt of uh, infertility. But now, since the couple are getting educated, most of them both the both the partners are working in uh, MNCs or some government institutions. So they come together, and uh, most of the time. Uh, we subject both the partners for investigation to find out the cause and uh, we have to convince we have to we have to talk on uh with the man, male male for even for 15 20 minutes even 30 minutes to convince him that there's something wrong with him not with the female so they always say that doctor everything is fine with me it's it's my wife who's facing infertility so i have to I have to it back, and I have to tell them that no, you both are facing infertility, not your wife is facing infertility. So, you both, as a couple, are facing infertility, and in 50% of cases, male is the uh, person who is actually at the wrong end. So, uh, so, it's a bit difficult for a male to accept it, but yes, gradually they are accepting the things.
0: Absolutely. I'm so glad that uh, we are having this discussion on this podcast because I really think that these things they need to be addressed to let men know that you know it's okay it's absolutely fine and you don't have to uh, put yourself in a place where you are uh, to be this uh, this perfect uh, person who uh, you know who cannot have some problems because it is quite all right even if you do it's quite all right and if there is a treatment then what is the issue and we are living in a world wherein most of the things they can be taken care of so i am so glad doctor that you are talking about these things and i'm so glad that you are out there and people can actually come and you know talk to you and they can be okay with all these facts so thank you so much for being a part of this episode and before leaving is there anything else that you would like our listeners our audience to know about andrology or male reproductive health is there anything any other point that you would like to mention
1: so Shruti, I just want to summarize that uh, I know being a man it's very difficult to accept the flaws. But yes, even being a man, we can have all kind of issues, health issues, and uh, we should not feel bad about it. First of all, we should not feel bad about it. That's one thing I want to tell them. You can like it's just like cough and cold. You can have cough and cold any time of the year. So you can also have other issues in your body because it's a machine. It's a it's a body. which can have. Uh, fault in any part of it so don't feel bad if you have any issue uh, you can consult an andrologist and uh, he can be a he can become a good friend of yours you can discuss all your issues with him and he's the right person to provide uh, you with a good counseling a examination and the treatment whichever is best for you so don't feel bad don't feel shy don't feel depressed we are always there to help you out as an andrologist and wish you wish everyone a good health Good reproductive, good sexual health, and male health is going to stay. It's something which is going to stay in, in the coming time.
0: Absolutely. Thank you once again, Dr. Banga, for uh, taking out time for this podcast and addressing all these questions. And there were some questions I know that were uh, something that, you know, just came and you uh, you answered them very patiently. So thank you so much for your time and for the knowledge that you have shared with our audience. Um, hopefully, maybe we might just, you know, bring you back for another episode on something else, like some other topic that it we can touch on.
1: It was a pleasure talking to you. It will be a pleasure again talking to you in future.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Banga. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend.
1: Thank you. Same to you.
0: Thank you. All right, uh, audience. It was... So good to have this conversation with uh, Dr. Banga. I think uh, we definitely touched upon a lot of topics, a lot of questions that are there in a lot of people's head, but they just don't talk about it. So I hope this episode really gives you that um, uh, safe space to talk about it and to know that it is quite okay to discuss these things with your family, with your wife, with your partner, with your uh, whosoever there is in your life. And even, even with your friends, amongst male friends, it is okay. This is not a taboo. This is not uh, a stigma. So let's try and break this in this way that it is okay. You can talk about it. That's, that's just about it. So guys, thank you so much for being a part of this session. And I'll be back with another episode with another story with another topic that we, um, I think as a society, we need to address or we need to talk about. So have a good time, have a good weekend, have a good day, whatever time you're listening this to, whatever time you're watching this at, just a lot of good wishes to you all. I'll see you soon with another episode on Shruti Outloud podcast. Thank you. Shruti Outloud welcomes all stories. It can be a brand, it can be an organization, or it can be a person. The only thing common would be passion for life. Please subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Ghana Podcast, and every other platform where you can hear this. Please leave a review as that helps my podcast to grow. Thank you once again. See you for the next episode. Bye.